بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين My beloved brothers, the first request I have is for you to put your phones down. <laughs> Inshallah, we are recording this and we will make it available on YouTube by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this being the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to have everyone stand and everyone's phones come up and all the lights shine bright, personally, I think it's a disturbance, not only for the speaker, but even for the others who want to concentrate. My brothers and sisters, I start off with a dua, a supplication, a prayer. May Allah forgive all of us. May Allah grant us steadfastness. May Allah be pleased with us. May Allah alleviate the suffering of all those who are struggling across the globe. May Allah grant ease in all your lives. Whoever is struggling in whatever way, may Allah grant you ease. May Allah answer our duas, obviously the halal ones. May Allah say Amin. May Allah Almighty protect us from haram. May Allah Almighty make us realize that we need to develop a relationship with Him and make it easy for us. I was told to speak about utilizing your time during the month of Ramadan, how to do it, perhaps the preparation, the run-up to the month of Ramadan. And I think one of the most important things for us to note is why the fasting was prescribed in the first place. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu kutiba alaykumus siyamu kama kutiba alal ladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattaqoon Simple reason made mention of directly why did Allah tell us to fast. He says la'allakum tattaqoon. That's the reason. O oh, you who believe fasting has been prescribed upon you just like it was to those before you in order that you achieve taqwa. What is taqwa? When you hear people speak about it, they say the consciousness of Allah, the fear of Allah. What else do they say? They say various other things. I'm sure you've heard consciousness of Allah, taqwa. I'm sure you've heard the fear of Allah, taqwa. There was a question that someone raised a few years back, which resulted in a beautiful explanation that I want to share with you. They said, the question from a young lad, why should I be scared of Allah? Meaning that when you say fear of Allah, fear Allah, you know, it's a good question. One of the primary things you and I need to understand is the consciousness of Allah, which means to know that He is your Lord, He made you, He, he is in control of everything on earth, and you are going to helplessly go back to Him. Helplessly go back to Him, meaning the day you are in your last no one and nothing will be able to delay you by a moment. If only you knew when the fixed time of Allah comes for you or for anything or anyone, it will not be delayed, not even by a moment. You got to go, you got to go. You could have had all the wealth on earth or all the health on earth, but 
Your time is up, it's up. Something will happen to ensure that you're gone. So I need to be conscious of that all the time. All the time. I need to keep thinking about the fact that I came from somewhere, I am somewhere, and I'm going somewhere. Consciousness. But the fear of Allah. Do I worship Allah because I'm scared of Him? Good question, right? When you're scared of someone, what type of a relationship would you have? So you need to put this fear of Allah into context. What is the context? There is a way of explaining it or there are perhaps more than one way. There is more than one way of explaining it perhaps. But here's one. So when you love someone and you love them dearly, think about someone you love. You love them so much. I'm sure you guys have someone in your minds, right? Oh, the way you're nodding your head, I hope it's halal, bro. <laughs> you have someone in your mind, I love this person so much, right? Would you do anything to hurt them? Would you do anything to be in their bad books so the relationship is disturbed? Would you do something like that? The answer is no. Why don't you want to do something? Because I don't want to spoil this relation that I have. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I fear spoiling the relationship with the one I love. So this fear is born out of tremendous love. Do you understand the point? Because I love Allah so much, I fear getting into the bad books. Do you see what I'm saying? So taqwa is an taj'ala baynaka wa bayna adhab billahi wiqaya. If you look at the deep explanation that some have given, they have said taqwa comes from the term wiqaya, which refers to a barrier. So create a barrier between you and what? That which displeases Allah or the punishment of Allah. I make a barrier. How do I make that barrier? Well, by doing the right things and staying away from the wrong things. As simple as that. So that is taqwa in essence. So Allah says, I have prescribed fasting so that your relationship with me can be on the highest level. You, you realize who I am. You worship me correctly. You become compassionate and all the other benefits of fasting. And at the end of that prescribed time, you should have achieved a better relationship with Allah. That's why they say, You might have heard that one day, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, Ameen, thrice, as he was climbing up the mimbar, the pulpit. And when he was asked later, he said, Jibreel made a few duas, and I was saying, Ameen, to them. What was one of the duas? One of them was that, Woe be upon the one who witnesses the month of forgiveness and doesn't achieve the forgiveness. Something is for sale, literally for sale. And you don't make use of it, yet you need it. Yesterday, I gave the example, and I'd like to give it again, of Black Friday. Which month is Black Friday in? November. Everyone knows, right? Why do you know? You know because you wait for it. You know because 
I can't really afford some of the stuff through the year, but I'm going to mark it, I'm going to watch it, and I'm waiting for Black Friday because there's going to be some awesome specials. And as soon as the sale is announced, we are on our phones, we are on the laptops, and we're busy buying, and we want to be as quick as possible before it's sold out, and we've got what we wanted, and the next best thing is everything's delivered at home, and we feel rich, but what did we do? We achieved during a sale, a sale. I wanted something, but I got it at a quarter of the price. I got it at a song, subhanallah. Forgiveness is on sale in Ramadan. You need it, I need it. In the same way we sit and put on our phones all these reminders to remind us about a sale that is material, surely it's more important to put the reminders to remind you about the sale of the forgiveness of Allah, the commencement of the month of Ramadan. Allah gives you beautiful, beautiful opportunities. As soon as the crescent is sighted, there is excitement. The ambience changes. Don't you agree? It feels amazing. There is a rohaniya. There is a beautiful spirituality that suddenly comes to life. It's the month of Ramadan, but we just saw the moon or it was just announced. Before you know it, you're already in Salat al-Taraweeh and everything's changed. What's that? That's a gift of Allah. The example of Black Friday is cheap. It's low. It's material. The example of Ramadan is the real example. But the question is, are you going to wait for Ramadan to seek forgiveness when you don't know if you're going to even witness Ramadan? Allahumma balighna Ramadana. Oh Allah, grant us the acceptance to witness the month of Ramadan. In the interim, start seeking forgiveness now. I started off by saying, may Allah forgive us all. Did you hear the supplication? Because forgiveness, I want it, you want it. I'm a human you're all human beings. I'm not only prone to error, but I make mistakes. And I'm a sinful slave of Allah. And so are all of us. Obviously, the level of sin differs from person to person. But you're a human. I am consoled by what Adam alayhi salam did. Do you know what that means? At least it makes me feel human. Allah told him not to do one thing and that's exactly what he did. I'm not telling you to do something that Allah told you not to do. But the consolation is in the fact that Allah forgave him. As soon as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heard him seek that forgiveness. رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِن لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Oh our Lord, we have wronged ourselves. We have wronged ourselves. And if you don't forgive us, and if you don't have mercy upon us, we will be from among the losers we're going to lose. Oh Allah, we seek your mercy. Allah forgave him. What does that mean? That means part of the plan of Allah is to watch who is going to turn to him in repentance often. And so shaitan came up with another plan. What was his plan? His plan was, I'm going to make these people lose hope in the mercy of Allah. So you seek forgiveness, you're forgiven. <coughs> and then shaitan comes to you and makes you think you're not forgiven. 
So you start believing that perhaps I am not forgiven. Allah's mercy will not encompass what I did. That itself is a bigger sin than the initial sin you committed because now you're doubting a name or quality of Allah. Do you see what I'm saying? You're a human. You made a mistake. Allah's given you opportunity upon opportunity to seek forgiveness. Did you seek the forgiveness? The answer is yes. I sought it once and twice and thrice. Well, don't let shaitan trap you again by making you think that you're not forgiven. Subhanallah. How dare you doubt the mercy of Allah? You don't need to wait for Ramadan in order to seek forgiveness. As soon as a sin is committed, you ask Allah, Oh Allah, I didn't do that out of defiance. I did that out of human weakness. I regret it. I won't do it again. Forgive me. Allah says you're forgiven. The first time you asked for forgiveness, your sin was already wiped out. You're taught to ask for forgiveness again and again, not because you're doubting the mercy of Allah, because that would grant you elevation in your status in the eyes of Allah. So don't doubt the mercy of Allah. Allah is Ghafoor, Rahim, Rahman. The fact that you are seeking forgiveness, there's no chance that Allah is going to punish you for a sin that you sought forgiveness from. Sincerely, whatever has happened in your past is exactly that. The past, P-A-S-T. That's what it is. Don't let it determine who you are today. You're a good person. You have goodness. Why do you think you're here listening to this? It's the house of Allah, not mine or yours. Would you ever attempt to visit a house of someone you didn't like? No way. Would you ever want to go to a house of a person you're not connected to and decide I'm going to go there? When you're close to someone, you feel comfortable to walk in. When you come to the house of Allah, it's Allah who's allowed you to come here to feel comfortable. So you walk through the door and say, Allahumma ftahli abwaaba rahmatik. Oh Allah, open for me the doors of your mercy. So Allah flings open the doors of mercy. You come in here, you fulfill your salah, you do some amazing, beautiful ibadah, worship for the sake of Allah. You listen to something that reminds you about Allah, that moves you, motivates you to become a better person. And if you want to become a better person, you need to value the iman you have. You need to value the Lord who created you, so that you can achieve consciousness of Allah. A lot of acts of worship were prescribed in order for us to develop a better relationship with Allah. Fasting being one of them. When I translate, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ I say, in order for you to develop the correct relationship with Allah. What is that relationship? It's a relationship of a worshipper and his Lord. A slave and the master. We are slaves of Allah. I put my head on the ground, but only and solely for the one who made me, no one else. I can never imagine putting my head on the ground in that position or posture for anyone or anything besides my maker. That's it. When I go down on my forehead, I say, Subhana Rabbi al-A'la, sajada wajhi lilladhi khalaqahu. My, my face has been put onto the ground in prostration for he who made it. Amazing. Look at that taqwa. You should be thankful to Allah for giving you an opportunity to put your head in the highest level of submission, which is closest to Allah. Sujood, the prostration. Aqrabu ma yakunu abdu li rabbihi wa huwa sajid. 
The closest that a slave is to his Lord is when he is in prostration. Brothers and sisters, take your time in sujood. Take your time in prostration. You're close to Allah. The closest you could ever be. Take your time in sujood. From now on, be conscious of the fact that when I am down there, I'm the closest to Allah. Don't just rush through your prostration. It's Allah. So when you seek the forgiveness of Allah, on one hand, Allah's forgiven you. Have you changed? It, the answer should be, yes, I've changed. I don't want to do this. If human weakness makes you falter once again, do not despair. Repeat the drill, subhanallah. Repeat it again to say, oh Allah, I regret it. Do you really regret it? Yes, I do. But it's the second time I've done this, but I regret it again. And you know what? I don't want to do this. I will not do it, oh Allah. I'm determined. Forgive me. You are my Lord. I have no option but to return to you. You are the greatest. You made me. In the first place, I didn't even ask to be made. You made me. You put me. You gave me. You controlled everything about me. You decided my color, my race, my family, whatever else, my surroundings. You decided so many factors for me. Oh Allah, I am your slave. I depend on you wholly, totally and solely have mercy on me have mercy on me if Allah knows the ants that are under the rocks do you think he doesn't know you he knows you personally he knows your problems, your name he knows everything about you more than you know about yourself if I were to ask you how many of your grandfathers can you mention I think the most knowledgeable from amongst us will not go beyond eight Anyone knows more than eight of their grandparents? Put up your hands. I see one, two. By the way, eight is not the past tense of eat. It's a number. <laughs> yes, so one person. What about the rest of us? They probably know nine or maybe ten. Beyond that, who knows? You don't even know where you come from. Subhanallah. And you think you know everything. La ilaha illallah. Do you know you and I came from the same person? Do you know that? Who was he? His name was Nuh. May peace be upon him. I heard some of you say Adam. Yeah, Adam is right. But Nuh alayhi salam and they came from Adam. So Adam and then Nuh. And we're all the family of Nuh. If you didn't know that, you know it today. And I mentioned the other day that it wouldn't be wrong for you to say you're from the family of a prophet. You can say I'm from the family of a prophet. Who was the prophet? Nuh alayhi salam. When Allah speaks about the destruction that happened at the time, He says, we made His family the ones who remained. So His progeny was the only one that actually continued thereafter. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on us. But closer to that, a lot of us, 15 fathers up, we probably meet at one person. But you don't know, I don't know. Do you realize that? We're related, by the way. Smile, my brother. <laughs> the next time you see me, say, that's my uncle. <laughs> but my brothers, my sisters, it's factual. We are connected. We should be feeling that importance, the person sitting next to you right now, guess what? If you have a connection with Allah, 
you will realize that the same Allah I'm trying to impress made this guy here sitting next to me or this person sitting on the other side. The same Allah made that person. So if I want to impress Allah, I got to just be good to what Allah's made, right? Allah made these other people here. You don't like this guy, you don't like that guy, but why? Because Allah made them. Even if they're wrong, you got to try and correct them with a beautiful mannerism. In a nice way, but you got to develop some form of contact with them. You go onto the street. Who are those people on the street? Are they not creatures of the same Allah that you're trying to impress? So you're saying, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Astaghfirullah, La ilaha illallah, while walking on the street, you're praising Allah, praising Allah. But someone that Allah made that walked past you, you spat in their direction. What was the point? What was the point? Did you achieve taqwa? Did you understand the relationship with Allah? You got to start fasting. Do you know why? When you fast and you're a little bit hungry, many, many things happen. Many, many things happen. You start thinking of food and then you realize I'm not allowed to eat. And then you start thinking of those who don't have food at all. And then you have a bit of compassion. And then you're taught in another verse, be charitable. The reward is increased in Ramadan. Be charitable. So you pick your, you put your hands in your pocket and you start taking out a pound or two pounds or a dollar or two, whatever it may be. Who do you give it to? Someone who doesn't have what you have. Allah tells you, you're a human. We made you. Wallahu fadhala ba'dakum ala Allah has given some virtue over others in sustenance as well. Some of us are more knowledgeable than others. Some of us are wealthier than others. Why? It's a test. When Allah gives you more than you need, he, he wants you to share that excess with someone, others who don't have. That's what makes you conscious of Allah. We're on earth together. Imagine if five guys were stuck on an island and two guys found a, a tree with mangoes and they collected 50 mangoes and they started eating and the other three were looking at them. But there's only five of you on the island. Are you going to say, guys... You guys can die, we're going to be having these mangoes. It doesn't happen. Because there's only five of you and so many mangoes, it's only correct for you to say, let's share. Subhanallah. Do you see what I'm saying? We need to survive together. This earth, we were all placed on it. Your right to existence on earth is equivalent to mine. It's equivalent to mine. What brought me on here is the same thing that brought you on here. Subhanallah. But man forgets. Because why? He's either wealthier. He's either healthier. He perhaps may be more good looking. He might have a better job or she or whatever else it may be. You might have a better scenario. You might have a slightly more luxurious life. And so what? You think you're bigger and you're better. Reach out to others. Had it not been for the poor, you would never have been able to give a charity. So be thankful Allah's kept a few people who are poor so that you can give. As a Muslim, you should get a kick out of giving. You know what that means? Sorry. No. As a Muslim, you, you should be excited about giving. I didn't realize I'm in the UK. Kick means something else. But as a Muslim, you should be happy, you should be excited. Something should move you to a certain level of joy to say, you know what, I gave. Alhamdulillah, I'm happy. I had a thousand pounds, I've given away 
50 pounds, 100 pounds, done. I'm so happy. Mashallah, I helped someone who didn't have. There are some who do that. Some who give more than they are supposed to give in terms of compulsory giving. You know, the zakat is a small percentage. What have you given more than zakat? Zakat was always Allah's. It belonged to him in the first place. If you gave it, it's okay. You get a reward for fulfilling it. But did you want to give more? Give more. How much more are you going to give? That's from you now. May Allah open our doors. So that's what fasting should do to you. It makes you start thinking of others and people and reaching out to them. Muslims become compassionate. They start giving. They start, mashallah, thinking about people who don't have. The homeless. Those who don't have food or drink. And then the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, speaks about the reward of being the one who gave the food to the one who's trying to open his fast at the end of the day. If you have given that person something to open their fast with at the time of sunset, you get a reward of their fast. Hence, people go around telling people, will you open your fast with us? Will you open your fast with us? Usually the term used is to break your fast, but I, I want to use the term open fast because we don't want to break it. We want to keep it intact, right? We say open the fast. So we open, will we open the fast together? And mashallah, we're happy because we get the reward of it. But I tell you what, at the same time, taqwa and that consciousness of Allah, that relationship with Allah should make you care for the person. Care for one another. What's the point of feeding you, but I hate you inside? I'm jealous of you. I'm envious of the fact that you have something I don't have. For what? Allah gave you, didn't he? Allah's provided for you, didn't he? Help people. Reach out to them. Speaking with respect to a creature of Allah would probably earn you paradise. Did you hear what I just said? Speak with respect. Kind words. What does it cost you? You go home and your own parents, you speak to them as though they're not even fit to be spoken to. Such derogatory words. Why? What did it cost you to disagree with them if they need a disagreement, but with utmost respect? Your parents are not angels. They're humans just like you and I. Your you are duty bound to respect them, to be kind to them, not necessarily to obey the wrong instructions they might give you. But if your parent has said something wrong or they have asked you to do something outside what Allah has ordained, you can respectfully disagree. Look what Allah says in the Quran. وَإِن جَاهَدَاكَ عَلَىٰ أَن تُشْرِكَ بِمَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٌ فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا وَصَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا If they are trying to make you do something in the disobedience of Allah, such as association or partnership with Allah, then you don't obey their instruction. But immediately Allah says, but live with them with goodness, with kindness. You still got to live with your parents, even though they may belong to another faith. You've got to be kind. You've got to be respectful. You tell your father, I disagree with you. Look at Ibrahim alayhi salam. It's a beautiful example. 
And the reason I'm giving this is in the run up to Ramadan, we've got to develop our character because if you fast and your character is not up to scratch, you may be decreasing the reward or getting a sin rather than being rewarded. And I'll explain that in a few moments. But let me get to Ibrahim alayhi salam. His father used to carve the idols. His father was definitely far off what he was on. He was on the straight and narrow. Now the father threatens him and tells him, we will do this to you, we will do that to you, we're going to burn you, we're going to kick you out, we're going to whatever, we're going to whatever. You know what he says? Ya abati inni qad jaani min al-ilmi ma lam ya'tik fattabi'ni ahdika sawiya Do those sound like swear words? Does that sound derogatory? Does it sound disrespectful? He says, Ya abati, oh my father, oh my father, knowledge has come to me that didn't come to you. So follow me and I'll guide you. I'll show you the path. Ya abati la shaytan. Inna shaytana kana lirrahmani asiyya. Oh my Lord. Sorry, oh my father. Do not follow shaytan. Don't follow shaytan. For indeed, he is transgressive against the most merciful. So he's mentioning the mercy of Allah. The quality of mercy of Allah. What respect does he have? Yet the disagreement was big. Very big disagreement. His father tried on so many occasions and actually executed the threat. Allah saved him. Didn't accept the message. Did Allah say, swear him, disrespect him? Because he was a creature of Allah. Perhaps his disobedience is a test for you. May Allah grant us goodness. So in Ramadan, if you fast and stay away from food and drink, but you don't bother about your character and conduct, your, your moral standing and your speech, do you know what Allah says? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, may peace be upon him, says, مَن لَمْ يَدْعَ قَوْلَ الزُّورِ وَالْعَمَلَ بِهِ وَالْجَهْلَ فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةٌ فِي أَنْ يَدْعَ طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابَهُ Whoever has not quit foul speech, false witness, bad language, and so on, and the utterance of that which is false and what, you know, uh, bad words, bad character, conduct, etc. While fasting, if they haven't quit that, then they should know that Allah Almighty is not in need of them having stayed away from food and drink through the day. What was the point? They achieve nothing. Do you really think Allah achieves something by you not eating or drinking? Nothing. It's you who achieves. What was the point? The point is in order that you achieve the consciousness of Allah. So if you're not going to be holistically conscious of Allah in Ramadan, what's the point? I want to drive home something today. Many of us lose our temper in Ramadan, especially when the fast is long and it's probably the last third of the match. 
When I say the match, I mean, you know, you're 90 minutes, it's almost the end, there's excitement, mashallah, and you're almost there, and suddenly something happens and you just lose it. What happened? Shaitan, shaitan made you get angry. He wants to spoil your fast. You might argue, but where is shaitan? He's supposed to be tied up. Well, there are so many explanations of that. Either you become a little devil, or the major shayateen are locked up, but the little ones are causing all the disaster. That's also an explanation. You see? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Or shaitan's effect already from wherever he's tied up may be impacting on you. Who knows? Nowadays, we probably are connected to each other, but I'm not even there. But I can have an impact on you. Through what? Maybe through the internet. I'm not saying shaitan uses the net, but he appears on it. I promise you he does. May Allah Almighty protect us all. So the hadith says, when you are fasting, you don't swear, you don't commit immorality, you don't do any of these things. And if someone comes and swears you, what are you supposed to say? You're supposed to not even respond to them in a negative way. You just say, inni sa'im. You know what? I'm fasting. That should switch the debate off. Someone swears you. You know, for example, road rage happens a lot. And this guy rolls down his window and starts swearing and you swear back and whatever. You just thumbs up. Halas, why? I'm fasting, bro. So what if it looks like you've lost the debate? It's okay. In the eyes of Allah, I won it. I was fasting. I'm not going to spoil my fast. They're going to think you're a little bit crazy. But you're not. You're a stronger person. لَيْسَ الشَّدِيدُ بِالصُّرَعَاتِ إِنَّمَا الشَّدِيدُ الَّذِي يَمْلِكُ نَفْسَهُ عِنْدَ الْغَضَبِ Strong person is not he who out-wrestles the other. I'll pump you up, my brother. I'll beat you up. Watch out. Don't see six-pack. <laughs> Trust me, some of the guys with six-packs have been beaten up by people with one big family pack. <laughs> it doesn't mean you have muscle so you can out-wrestle. Some of the guys are big. They might not be that muscular. But they might push you down. You will be surprised. May Allah grant us ease. A truly powerful person is he who can control his temper. That's why when you are a top wrestler or a top fighter, a lot of the times the trainers will say you need a lot of patience because you can beat up someone so badly if you lose your cool. Just be calm. So you find a black belt and the guys who are top notch, they're calm. You might swear him, he'll smile at you. Swear him again, he'll smile at you. Touch him, he'll just say, hey, leave me, leave me alone. Touch him again. He'd say, hey, 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 leave me alone. Third time, he might say, listen, this is the last warning. He's giving you so much time. Why? Because he knows he can throttle you in a few seconds. And then when you cross the line, he just, in two seconds, you're on the ground with a broken jaw, broken, you don't know what happened. But brother, you kept on going and kept on going and kept on going. And I, it, it, you just got to, to me. But the good point was the, the level of tolerance was very high. Very, very high. We are taught that when that is happening, in Ramadan especially, when someone provokes you, walk away from the provocation. Walk away from it. You know, one of the young boys was telling me, I get very angry in Ramadan, but it just doesn't go. So he says, what's the sunnah when you get angry? 
So I told him, well, outside of Ramadan, it would be good to have a sip of water, perhaps. It would be good to sit down, perhaps. He says, but I wish we could just drink water if we were angry only, you know, during Ramadan. Because what's the point? You have to control yourself. It's the heat of the belly, the heat of the head, the heat of outside, the length of the fast, whatever else it may be. You'll be rewarded greatly when you cool yourself down in the heat of that fast. So please, my brothers, my sisters, in the run-up to Ramadan, we are going to seek forgiveness. We're already going to start speaking to people with greater respect. We also would like to listen to the Qur'an. It's a month of the Qur'an. Do you know the Qur'an has such beauty in it? It is extremely therapeutic to the soul and the heart, the mind as well. When you are stressed... Or anything. If you listen to recitation, you will find there are so many types of reciters. All of us have a favorite reader, maybe a few of them sometimes. We could be changing favorite reciters from time to time, no problem. It's up to you. No one's gonna say no. Good reader, mashallah, soothes me. I love this recitation. Someone else might find a different reciter more soothing and so on. Don't you realize it's a gift of Allah that people's recitations are different? It's a gift of Allah. Why? Because all of our temperaments are different and here we are with so many different types of recitations. So you just hear a soothing recital and you're calm. Get to a masjid where you will be calmed and enjoy listening to the word of Allah because in it there is cure. Ya ayyuhal nasu qad jaatkum maw'idatun min rabbikum wa shifa'un lima fi'ssudur More than one verse of the Qur'an describes the Qur'an as having cure in it. O people, what has come to you, this revelation, what does it have in it? It has in it a reminder from your Lord and cure for that which is in the bosom, in the heart. Subhanallah. So when you listen to the Quran, it cures you of sicknesses, physical as well as spiritual. Without you knowing sometimes. You didn't know, but you were cured of it. And when you read the Quran, it's even more powerful. It protects you. Imagine there are verses that if you were to read them, they would create an armor around you from the devil, from the jinn, from perhaps evil eye, from black magic and so on. But we don't bother reading those verses. Ramadan is a month of the Quran. Start from now, my brothers and sisters, reading a verse a day, two verses a day, a page a day. Is it too much? No. Start off your day with a verse of the Quran. Your life will change. <clears throat> your sustenance will increase. The money you have will multiply. When you spend, there will still be a lot of change. Why? I start every day with the name of Allah. And with the words of Allah. And with prayer to Allah. Subhanallah. So Allah gives us a month. We're talking about it. I'm just talking about Ramadan. And look, the preparation for it, the run-up to Ramadan. Let's cleanse ourselves because I don't know if I'm going to get there. But inshallah, if I make a good intention, oh Allah, let me witness Ramadan. I'm going to fast properly. I'm going to do all my salah, my Quran, my extra ibadah and so on. I want to do i'tikaf perhaps, which means 
to hold yourself within the masjid within the last 10 days or whatever days I'm going to manage. Oh Allah, accept it from me. I've made all these plans and intentions and guess what? I pass away before Ramadan. Allah says, we will write for you the full reward of whatever you intended in terms of goodness, all written. You pass away and all your Ramadan plans. But one thing you can't do, you can't plan to seek forgiveness in the future. Do you know what that means? I say, oh Allah, inshallah, when Ramadan starts, I'm going to seek forgiveness. For now, just leave me in the clubs. It doesn't work that way. That has to start now. You're seeking forgiveness, it must start today and it must continue into Ramadan. You can't plan to delay repentance to Allah. People say, and I've given this example before, people say, well, I'm still young. When I turn 50, I'll go for Hajj and inshallah we'll stop everything. For now, I'm just enjoying life. No way. I've asked people, can you afford Hajj? They say, yes. Are you able to go? Yes. Well, why aren't you going? They say, because I'm still young. I'm still young. So I'm not going because when I go for Hajj, then I'm going to have to quit all this and all that. No, you can't do that. Allah decides when you're going to go by giving you the means and the capacity to go. وَلِلَّهِ عَلَى النَّاسِ حِجُّ الْبَيْتِ مَنِ اسْتَطَاعَ إِلَيْهِ سَبِيلًا Allah has made it compulsory to go for Hajj for those who are able and capable to undertake the journey. So if you have the capacity, who gave you the capacity? Allah. You have the money, who gave you the money? Allah. So He's decided when you're going to go, if you delay unnecessarily, you're sinful. Yes, if there was a restriction or you didn't get a visa or something, Allah will not hold it against you, but you tried. May Allah Almighty grant us goodness. So this month of Ramadan that is about to come, let's become charitable from now. From now, we must be charitable. Learn to give a little bit. Why should I give today, for example, or tomorrow, or within the coming weeks, run up to Ramadan? Because of a few reasons. Number one, I don't know if I'm going to witness Ramadan. If there is a need right now, you've got five pounds in your pocket, or a pound, or a dollar, you can give it. There is a need right now, I've got the money, I don't need to wait for Ramadan when there is a pressing need. Subhanallah, you may give. You don't know if you're going to witness Ramadan, but if your calculations are happening in the month of Ramadan and that's how it works and so on, you already have an intention that inshallah, I'm going to sort all of this out. Allah will reward you for that too. I told the brothers from Abdullah Aid, so you know what, bring the buckets, bring whatever you want. Let's take them to the masjid and inshallah, everyone will give a pound or two or three, whatever they may give. And inshallah, we can all earn a good reward. And here I am encouraging you, so I'm going to get the biggest reward inshallah. You see, give a pound. Is it going to affect the price of eggs in China? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. May Allah grant us goodness. My brothers, my sisters, this deen, this religion is so beautiful. It teaches us goodness, kindness, compassion, closeness to your maker, a very high level of morality, a beautiful level of character and conduct, how to speak to people, how to talk to people. I, I, I challenge you to improve the way you speak to your family members.
I said parents earlier, but I want to tell you, the guy is seated in front of me, if you're married, how you speak to your wife, and the women who might listen to this, how you speak to your husband, wallahi, it plays a big role in how much of the mercy of Allah descends upon you. Why do you want to swear? Why do you want to raise your voice and show that you are the boss when you're really not the boss? Allah is the boss. Subhanallah. Those who work for you or under you, how dare you speak to them in a derogatory way? Allah could have swapped that around a long time back and he might still do it. And then you have others who will do the same to you and you won't even manage. No matter how young you are or how old you are, speak to people with respect. Be helpful. Be kind. I'm reading the Quran with the same tongue I'm swearing with. How? How can I read the Quran or do the dhikr and remembrance of Allah? Repeat subhanallah, alhamdulillah, astaghfirullah, la ilaha illallah. On one hand and on the other hand, I'm swearing. What type of worship of Allah is that? I start off my salah by saying Allahu Akbar. Allah is the greatest and here I am thinking I'm the greatest. Astaghfirullah. Yes. Your children, your brothers and sisters and so on. Allah's placed them as your brothers and sisters. I told you the person sitting next to you is a creature of Allah. What about your family members? Allah made that connection. Did you decide, listen, I want this brother, this sister? You didn't. Allah gave you. Some of them might be very difficult to get along with. Some of them impossible to get along with. Maintain a distance if need be, but respectful distance. You don't need to become ugly about it. You see, sometimes it's very hard to have a relationship with a tough person. Really difficult, toxic. I can't manage. I, it's just something so, so stressful. It's so taxing. Well, there's no harm in keeping a safe distance, but a respectful one. Keep your peace. This is all taqwa. It is all the consciousness of Allah developing the correct relationship with Allah. My salah is in order. My fasting is in order. My zakah is in order. We spoke about hajj and we spoke about la ilaha illallah. Worshipping Allah alone. And I remember mentioning sujood. When you go into sujood only and solely for Allah. We worship none other than Allah. These are the five pillars of Islam. We've spoken about them today in the run up to Ramadan in this beautiful masjid. I think it's called Six Kings or... It's called Seven Kings, by the way. Okay. I must have missed one. Well, who knows, it could have been called Eight Kings. Maybe one was a queen. But anyway, so may Allah grant us ease and goodness and open our doors and have mercy on us. May Allah give us all the reason to smile and to be happy on the Day of Judgment when our books will be given to us on the right, on the right hand, inshallah. And my brothers and sisters, I want to say something interesting as I close. As I close, I want to say something interesting. And that is, all of us here are human beings. You need to constantly work on yourself. You have a temper, constantly work on it. You have a bad habit, constantly work on it. Remind yourself, admit that, you know what? I need to quit this bad habit and constantly work on it. If you fall, come back again, promise Allah again. Many people are hooked onto looking at the wrong things on their phones without mentioning exactly what. But if you're hooked onto looking at the wrong things, you know what, the same eyes that Allah has blessed you with, the same eyes that Allah has given you, imagine these eyes are such a great gift of Allah. If you were to study what the eye is all about, 
It's mind-boggling. There's no point in looking at things that displease Allah. Because you're a human, you might have fallen or you may still fall. If that happens, just turn back to Allah. Have hope in Allah. But don't let shaitan make you believe or make you think for a moment that you're outside of the mercy of Allah. Because Allah says, لا الله, Don't ever lose hope in the mercy of Allah. If Allah says that, we all have hope. Ramadan is a month of forgiveness. And this is why that dua was destruction be or woe upon the one who witnesses the month of Ramadan and doesn't achieve forgiveness. Because Allah's giving the forgiveness. I need it, you need it. May Allah forgive us before Ramadan. May Allah bless every one of us. May Allah grant us ease. I would like to mention the brothers and sisters who were waiting outside because the place was full for a while. And mashallah, they waited for quite a while. I was uneasy even during salah, thinking of the brothers and the sisters who were standing in queues outside and how cold it is. And I said, may Allah grant them Jannah without reckoning. Wallahi, I felt it because I know the masjid has a certain capacity. It's impossible to have more than that. And there were people standing in queues waiting for us to complete our salah. May Allah reward you for every moment that you stood out there. May Allah alleviate your struggles, your suffering. May Allah grant you good health. And may Allah give you all the good things in this world and the next. Aqulu qawli hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad.